0: Chapter fourteen of the Way of the Wind by Zoe Anderson Norris This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Chapter fourteen On the winter following Celia's departure, Seth fared ill. It was all he could do to keep warmth in the boys' body and his own, to get food for their nourishment, and as for homesickness there were nights when he looked at the silver moon half effaced by wind-blown clouds and fought back the tears thinking how that same moon was shining down on home and her nights when he fell into very pleasant dreams of that tranquil beauteous and pleasant country where the wind did not blow dreams in which he beheld flowers not ragged wind-torn flowers of a parched and ragged prairie, odorless, colorless flowers, and tumbleweeds tossing weirdly over dusty plains, but flowers of his youth. Four o'clocks, marguerites and daffy-down dillies, nodding bloomily on either side of an old brick walk leading from door to gate, jasmine hanging redolently from lattice, Virginia creeper, and pumpkin vine. And, oh, a radiant dream celia walking out through vine and flower in all her fresh young beauty to meet him as in the old days to open wide the door and welcome him then as she had done he waked sobbing man though he was but he hushed his sobs for fear of waking the child homesickness he dared not dwell on the word lest his few ideas scattered already by the sough of the wind, the incessant moan and sob and wail of the wind might blow away altogether, lest he throw to those winds his pride of independence, his resolute determination to make a home for her and himself and their child in the West, and go back to her. This, whatever dreams assailed him, he resolved not to do and yet there was one dream which he thrust from him fiercely afraid of it turning pale at the remembrance of it a dream of a night on that winter when he had gone to bed hungry it was a strange dream and terrible he thought it was night he was out on the prairie and the wolves were following him they had caught him ravenously they were tearing the flesh from his body in shreds he waked in terror to hear the bark of a pack at his door for in that winter of bitter cold the wolves also suffered was that to be his fate he asked himself was he to strive and strive to spend his life in striving and then in the working out of destiny in the survival of the fittest of the stronger over the weaker of those who are able to devour over those destined to be devoured fall prey to the fangs of animals hungrier than he and stronger? There were times when he was very tired, when almost he was ready to fold his arms, to give up the fight and say, so be it. But what of the boy, then? Raising himself out of the slough of despond, he resolutely refed his soul with hope. Those wise men! if only they would come if only they could be made to see and understand that this was the place for the magic city and be persuaded to build it here then all would be well he would take the boy to celia show her how beautiful he was beginning to be and win her back again then they would all three come and live in a palace in the magic city a beautiful house live happily ever after End of chapter 14 Recording by Roger Moline